Welcome to Zion Fellowship's Sermon of the Week. This podcast hosts the weekly Sunday message from Zion Fellowship, a spirit-led and life-giving local church in Canandaigua, New York, pastored by Mark Scorsone. We hope this resource encourages, challenges, and helps you on your journey with God. So whether you're driving, washing dishes, or sitting in your living room, let's prepare our hearts together as we hear the word of the Lord. You ready to dive into our seven-week walk? Amen. We started last week where the Spirit of the Lord is. I have it, uh, the, the, just to recap a little bit, where we're asking the Spirit of the Lord to rest on, where we're saying, Lord, will you rest your wisdom on us this morning? That's what we're asking for. The Spirit of wisdom is the, the first of these walks. And again, just to repeat some stuff from last week, if we don't understand the Spirit of the Lord and how He wants to rest on us, we won't be able to walk out these other six. Because these other six are actually a practical application of walking things out. A lot like what um, Madison was saying in, in, in her word. There's an, an application that we have to have on our, our, our lives to walk in obedience in some of these things. So I dove into this a little bit this week. So we're going on uh, walk for wisdom. Amen? So... Um, Let's just dive in. I'm going to read the scripture that we started in, Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 3. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and the branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon them, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel, might, and the Spirit of knowledge, and the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to have um, some other folks kind of join us in this um, throughout the weeks, Uh, just some different people coming on up and sharing a different portion of this, um, just because I want to get some of their understanding of it, and it'd just be fun to to hear some other folks. we got uh, George Ruder is going to be coming in, and um, uh, Tom Brennan is going to share a little bit, and uh, Ben uh, Allen is going to share on the fear of the Lord. So I'm excited to have these guys come on up. Um, Because I know how much you always just love listening to my voice and my good-looking face up here, but we're just going to get some other people up here as well just to uh, see what they have to say. But an interesting point on this whole seven spirits of the Lord is that at first you can look at it from like a top-down thing, like you got the the Spirit of the Lord will rest on them, and then the Spirit of wisdom, and then understanding, and the counsel, and might, which is power, and then the Spirit of knowledge, and the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. But instead of it being a, a, a column-type thing, it's more of a circular thing. Because I believe, as we read, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Don't you see how that works? Isn't that an interesting point? That it's not just a, a pillar or a, a column, it, it's, a, it's a circular thing, it's a cycle. It's the wheels that help us on this walk. That once we, we, we start walking in these and we, we get through different seasons of them, it just keeps on going. And they keep on building on each other. So keep that in your mind as we break this down a little bit. Because as I dove into this this week, um, if there was ever a week that I needed wisdom, this was the week. I, I don't know what it is about, you know, if you've ever prepared for a message, I feel like the Lord's always taken me through it uh, uh, a lot, uh, pretty deep, just so, you know, he's working on it. And so I'm feeling like to do a series on prosperity. How about that? <laughs> that just um, work on that to get a little prosperity. But this whole thing, uh, like, if there's any, any week that I needed wisdom, it was this week, because I was like, man, Lord, I am... 
I am just not, not, not feeling very wise in some of my decisions and things that are going on. But as I dug deeper into it this week, I, I just, uh, the Lord began to unravel some things, and I want to share them with you. And uh, the first thing is that when we hear about wisdom, and Proverbs is full of it, we'll talk a little bit about Proverbs and James, um, but wisdom doesn't mean what we think it might mean. So obviously wisdom is, you know, when you think of wisdom, it's like, you know, it's God-given street smarts, right? That there's, um, and it kind of is that, and, and some of these definitions are what wisdom is, but it's such a vague expression in Scripture of when wisdom cries out in the street and go get wisdom and gain understanding. What, what is really wisdom that, that the Scriptures are talking about? And so it goes a little bit deeper. Thank you for that light. Now I can see my notes. Um, then, uh, then it's far more powerful than the, the vague idea of wisdom that I had. And so, yeah, it is good judgment, intelligence, insight, common sense, knowledge, experience. The wisdom is the Spirit of God. It speaks to us, uh, teaches us, it leads us. Um, and they always refer to wisdom as a her. And um, it's interesting because, you know, you, you easy over there, Nisa, just don't, don't. <laughs> but, you know, you always think of mom's wisdom, right? As a kid, you know, mom, mom knows best. Never says dad knows best, and mom knows best. And so there's some wisdom with that, and I don't know. And there's a couple things um, that as we, the seven spirits, they, they have this feminine uh, trait to them, but uh, I'm not going to do a whole lot there. Anissa's going to do um, her own uh, study on that. But um, I, I, the Lord has a sense of humor, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, I, a couple of things. I mean, one that you were talking, Jerry, that, uh, or, or Lorraine, that uh, there's donkeys that are going to be delivering these. We are teaming up with a bunch of jackasses to, to deliver some of these things. So, so if God can, we're finally teaming up with that. But that, that wasn't where I was going to go. The sense of humor that I feel like the Lord had is that this morning, you know, there's sometimes, and Shannon and people in the office will know, Diane, that I'll, I'll drive all the way out here and I, f I realize I forgot my computer at home. And so I have to drive back home and get it because, you know, you can't do anything without your computer at work, right? You can't just sit there and read the Bible or anything like that. So um, I got here and I walked out this morning and I had my computer at 5.30 when I left and so I was just like, oh, I got everything. And I drove here, and it's still dark out, and it's about quarter to six, and I realize I don't have my office key. <laughs> Katie and I have been swapping cars this week just because of car issues and things like that, but I had forgotten to take the office key off. So um, I, I sat in my car for an hour and 15 minutes until Braden came. The over and under was on either Braden or Fran, who was going to be here first, and and, um, and then Braden showed up, and he kind of pulled in. He's like, hey, how you doing? Uh, I texted him and said, could you please come unlock uh, whenever you get up? I didn't text him at 5.30, but the, 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 the humorous thing is that I didn't have any insight to get that key off this morning. I don't know if it had a lot to do with wisdom, but I just kind of sat in the car. I was like, okay, God, you're, you're funny. I'm here working on my message. At least I had my computer in the car. It was connected to the internet here. It was a low connection, but I still was able to connect with it. But I'm sitting in my car because I forgot my office key working on a message about wisdom. Isn't that kind of funny, or does that just hit me kind of odd? That, <laughs> yeah, if I just had the insight, the knowledge to remember to take that off, then it would all been good. But... I'm glad I'm up there with the donkeys. Amen. 
So wisdom, the theme runs throughout the whole Bible. You can start in Genesis where Eve was kind of searching for wisdom from the tree of good and evil, thinking that she would get knowledge and all this stuff. So it even started there. And then we see uh, in David, and we're going to dive into David here in a little bit, um, where wisdom was a big deal to him. And that uh, wisdom is a spirit, um, specifically the Holy Spirit of God. And we're going to dive into that where the Holy Spirit really is wisdom. It's all these other things, good judgment, uh, insight, all that stuff, but it's a lot more than that. And also that wisdom wants to have a friendship with us that we must pursue. Does that make any sense? Do you, do you want to pursue? How many could use a little bit more wisdom in your life? I would love wisdom to be my best friend. Like, I can, yeah, I can count on that. Phone a friend, it's wisdom, all right? And, and uh, that old, hundred, what is it, the millionaire game where you can phone a friend? I would be phoning wisdom all the time. But the Bible talks about it. Proverbs, and I encourage you to get into it this week. The first few chapters in Proverbs talks a whole bunch about wisdom. As a young teenager, me and my brother, my dad made us memorize the first couple chapters in Proverbs. At the time, I was super annoyed and didn't want to do it, but those words have never left me. And I was wondering why, why, why Proverbs, why can't we do something easier, John 3.16, you know, all that kind of stuff. But my dad knew the importance of wisdom and how he wanted it to get into my heart. But I want to start off with a proverb that might not talk about wisdom very much, but the other side of it. Proverbs 8.13b. Pride, arrogance, the evil way, and the wicked mouth I do hate. This is the Lord speaking. To see, to engage the spirit of wisdom, we have to humble ourselves with meekness and gentleness. We have to have the fruit of the spirit because if we don't, then this thing called pride starts to come in with wisdom. That we think we're all that in a bag of chips, and we think that we're better than other people, and we can talk about things, and we can judge a little bit more, because we have all this wisdom and understanding. Do you see the pitfall here? That I feel like it's kind of like a, a warning on a, on a food label that, hey, go ahead and do this, but here's the warning if you, you eat too much of this or smoke too much of that. James 1, 5 and 6, this contains one of the best Bible promises out there. All of you know this scripture. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the seas driven and tossed by the wind. I don't want to be so unsettled in, in areas of decision and important things that we're just bouncing back and forth like, oh, we should do this or do that. You ever been in there? It's a lot of frustration and creates a lot of stress. But how do we be a person of wisdom? And we can ask the Lord, and he's going to grant it to us if we ask in faith, applying it. So what is wisdom? Wisdom clearly is important, but what is it? So I want to read a quote from Roger Ellsworth that kind of sets us up to kind of um, break down any confusion. Uh, and he says this. He says, first, a word about wisdom. What is it? We must not confuse it with knowledge. Knowledge is information, 
Wisdom is application. Knowledge is comprehending facts. Wisdom is handling life. Knowledge is theoretical. Wisdom is practical. That one we need to put up somewhere where we can read every day. Do you see the difference? Wisdom is handling life. Wisdom is application. We can hear all the stuff, but if we don't apply it to our everyday life, we're like a ship tossed to and fro on the ocean by every wind that is out there. Wisdom is the Holy Spirit applied to your situation. So wisdom is all that other stuff, knowledge, insight, all that, all that stuff. But wisdom is the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, applying himself to every situation we face. I should get an amen for that. Amen. I mean, every situation we face, the Holy Spirit in person wants to apply himself to that. If we knew we had the Holy Spirit as our ace up our, up our sleeve and uh, in, our, in our pocket that we could use and call on all the time, we have it, but we don't use it. And we're missing out on some authority. We're missing out on the power of God wanting to move because we know it up here, but we don't push it out through here. God help us. I know I've... I, I feel like we're so close to breakthrough. Church, I feel like we're, we're so close that we can taste it. And I'm crying out for it, and I don't know what it's going to look like, but there's something coming that's just going to set us free. And I feel like what the Lord has been downloading to me for 2023 is that he wants us to be free in 2023. And, and that means of physical things. That means of, of years of, of hurt and lies there's a breakthrough coming, folks, and there's a breakthrough that's been happening, and I, and I, I feel like that, that, that some of you sense that, but we're not really believing it in the fullness of it, and I understand it. I understand the conflict, because I'm bombarded with it every day. Like, it, Lord, is your word true? I am who I say I am. And we need to walk in that authority. And so hopefully as we walk through these six things here, we'll, we'll really feel and understand the power of the Spirit of the Lord Amen. and the goodness of the Spirit of the Lord and how it's our helper, it's our mentor, it's our life coach. It's everything we need for every situation. Every situation. I'm going to pull Chris Wood. Turn to your neighbor and say, Every situation. Jim Carrey, that's for you. All right. So let's look at two passages of Scripture which shows the fruit of the Spirit and also the manifestation of wisdom and how they really are the same thing. Okay? So let's go on a little journey here. We're going on our walk. James 3, 13 through 18. We're going to look at the manifestation of wisdom. Did I miss something? Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, I look better on my computer, sorry. We are getting new projectors and screens. Hopefully within the month they'll be up there and we'll have no excuses, okay? James 3, 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. 
But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart and do not boast or deny the truth, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Remember John was praying, John Bonestell was praying here Wednesday. He said, I'm just going to call it what it is. It's demonic. The audacity of evil is just plain demonic, and it's pointed right out here in Scripture. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in every evil practice. This is a good passage to go over throughout the week. Chew on it. There's a lot here. But wisdom that comes from heaven is first all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Isn't it disappointing to bite into a piece of fruit and find that it's rotten? It is so disappointing. This is good fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. It's things that we should be manifesting as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. What are you manifesting? What am I manifesting in my day-to-day life? What comes out of this heart when the pressure's on, when things, when the urgent hits and we got to make a decision right away? What do I manifest? Is it the fruit of the Spirit? God has been after this all year long, hasn't he? He's been putting his finger on things in our hearts all year to get rid of it, get it out of the way, because time is short. We don't have the luxury to fart around anymore. Amen? We got to get on getting on. There are things to do, and we can't get hung up with some of the same stuff. All right, so let's check out the fruit of, uh, listed here in Galatians, and we're all familiar with this. Galatians 5, 22, and 23. You can read it with me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. How many of us need a little bit of that fruit manifesting in our everyday lives? God help us. Do you see the similarities, though, in the manifestation of the fruit and the fruit of the Spirit? Why does James bring up this bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart? Why is that such a key? Because those are personal, deep things that, know, that we can put a facade on to somebody next to us and they don't know that we have it. But as soon as something gets triggered, then they know. It's like, oh, that uncorked that. Can't blame it on my heritage. <laughs> and God wants to get rid of that because we cannot engage the Spirit when we have that in our hearts. It's so important to get rid of all envy, all bitterness. You're only hurting yourself not the person you're bitter at. And I know I'm preaching things you, you know, but it's so important that we don't harbor these things in our heart. Let's get things right. Let's, let's have the hard conversations. Let's take that person out for a cup of coffee. Let's get real with one another so we can have the fruit of the Spirit manifested. Wisdom is pure. 
the Holy Spirit being God is 100% pure and spotless. Wisdom manifests peace. If you need peace in your life, get wisdom. The fruit of the Spirit is also peace. Wisdom is gentle. How many of us need a little more gentleness in our lives? This is huge. Wisdom is willing to yield. Sounds an awful like awful lot like being humble. Remember Jesus humbled himself to the point of death and meekness. Meekness is actually power under control. Powerful. Willing to yield. Do I have to be right? Do I have to die on this hill? Is it really worth it? Do I really want to risk that relationship from my point of view? Jesus' wisdom is full of mercy. Jesus was full of mercy. So the Holy Spirit is too. Wisdom is full of good fruit. I used to hate it back in the day that my mom used to have all this plastic fruit on a table. <laughs> and as a young kid, I was deceived, thinking it was real fruit, until you pick it up and you dented the apple and got wax on your teeth because it's fake. But the Holy Spirit is full of good fruit. I want to hang out with the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to be my friend. I want to have a friendship with the Holy Spirit. Do you see the parallels? The Holy Spirit is wisdom personified. It's the very person of wisdom. The Holy Spirit is wisdom itself. James 1, 5, and 6 again. He is wisdom. So maybe if we look at David's life, King David, maybe why this was so important to him, the one of the most famous kings in Israel, the man who wrote most of the Psalms, if not all of them, was described after a man after God's own heart, which is a pretty high description, told his son Solomon, for everything, get wisdom. Seek wisdom. Don't look for anything else. Solomon, go after wisdom. Because King David knew that this was a practical thing. Think about how huge that is. And maybe that's what my dad was after by making me and my brother John memorize that scripture that I still know today. Maybe he knew a little bit about wisdom that I didn't know as a punky little teenager. That wisdom is pretty important. And it's really interesting to me that wisdom is the first cog in that wheel. Of all six that we're looking at, that we walk in, wisdom is the first cog. And it ends with the fear of the Lord, and then it starts all over again. And as we unravel this, I, I, we'll see how it all works together and hopefully give us the confidence and boldness to be people that have the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? King David was a man who carried the presence of the Lord. He basked in God's glory day and night. He loved to worship. He didn't care who was watching. He didn't even care what he was wearing, if he was wearing anything at all. 
David was a man who set up the tabernacle. You know, sometimes we, we brag on how we, you know, the Lord's been having me in the prayer room at 4 o'clock in the morning these past three weeks. Glory to me, right? We brag on some of our, you know, things that we do that are out of the ordinary. David did this. He set up the tabernacle where they had intercession 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, for not three weeks, but for 33 years. Talk about a man after God's own heart, wanting to know who Jesus was. He was very intimate. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up as we close here. Is this making any sense? King David knew the Spirit of God probably deeper than any of us. And it was a priority for him to teach Solomon that wisdom was a priority and a practical thing. Proverbs 4, 1 through 9. This was written by King Solomon as he remembered what David said to him. And this was one of the things that Solomon took to heart. As a dad, you love it when your kids listen to you. So as a dad, talk to your kids worth listening to. Because they might not act like they're listening, but they're listening. And the Word of God never returns void. So plant those seeds, dads, moms. Don't hold back your wisdom. But this is what Solomon wrote, starting in verse 1 in chapter 4. Hear my children. Now Solomon's talking to his kids. The instruction of your father. Give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my laws. For when I was my father's son, Solomon's saying, tender and the only one in sight of my mom, he also taught me and he said to me, this is what David said to Solomon, let your heart retain my words and keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She will preserve you. Love her. She will keep you. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring honor. She will bring you honor. And when you embrace her, she will place on your head an adornment of grace, an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. You see how it's passed down from generation to generation? If you're not filling your kids and your grandkids head with the Word of God and heart with the Word of God, what is the world filling them with? David's advice to his son was that he should get wisdom. What he was asking him is, I want you to get the Holy Spirit because he will apply it to every situation you have. If we really understood that, 
in the way that it's met, we would just say, wow, <laughs> that's impressive. We would even say it backwards, wow. We would say it upside down, mom. And there's mom with wisdom again. I don't know, it's just my little. But that's a life changer. And we have the Holy Spirit. It was given to us when we asked Jesus into our life. So he's going to teach us everything we need to know. Do you believe that? He will teach us everything that we need to know. 1 John 2, 27 tells us this. But the anointing, how many want the anointing on you? Which you have received from him abides in you. This should get you excited. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it is taught to you, you abide in him. The Holy Spirit will give us everything we need for every situation. If we abide in him, if we're plugged into him, if we obey him, if we stay close to him, the anointing is what the Bible is called when the Holy Spirit rests on you. That's what we're asking, right? Holy Spirit, rest on us. Please, Holy Spirit, change us, transform us. We want to walk in wisdom, understanding, knowledge, power, counsel, truth, and the fear of the Lord. We want all that. That is the anointing. I tell you, this promise can carry us through some very difficult times in our lives. Not some, all of them. I remember when I first became a dad, I was crying out to the Lord. Because when you're not a parent, parenting's easy. You know how you're going to do everything, and my kid will never act that way, and all that good stuff. And then when you become a parent and you have one kid, you, you just really look weird. You really look dumb. I mean, it's just like you, you don't let, you put a bubble around them and they, they, then when you have the fourth kid or nine or whatever, then they just do whatever they want and you don't, you know, that'll, they'll survive. That'll, that blood will come out someday. But I cry out to the Lord as a parent for wisdom, understanding, counsel. So I want the power of God to move in their lives. I want them to understand the fear of the Lord. I cry out to God when I felt like he said, not that I felt like I knew he said, take this position as pastor of this church. And one of the first things that, isn't it interesting that when you are about to step into either a different season of God's call in your life, the enemy comes in with some loud voices. And the first thing that Katie and I dealt with or felt that hit us was like, you know, we got, we got four boys that aren't cookie cutter boys. We have one with special, two with special needs and others that are just are boys all the time. They wear the same clothes all the time. We do wash them. I take them at night. We do wash them. But they wear the same clothes all the time. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, Lord, our, our kids aren't going to be up front 
they aren't going to be extending grace. They might be the ones that the number pops up. And Joan and Chris were so good with that, with us. Because that was a real, it's like, hey, we're not, we're, we're not real good at putting out an image. And they said that they were there with their kids. And uh, he told me some of the stories, so I felt right at home. And, and you guys have been so accepting and, and understanding, and, and kids are a wonderful gift of the Lord. But there's those things that go on. Oh, you're the pastor of the church. you got to have to. Because I used to have thoughts when I was young in ministry, and the director's kid was the worst, and the pastor's kid was always going off and doing that. And I'm not speaking that over my kids. I'm not going to say that my kids are going to backslide and fall. No, they're, I'm playing the blood of Jesus over their lives. They don't have to go sow their oats or, you know, backslide and check things out and then come back to the Lord. No, I want them to stay on the path from day one. We don't have to fall for that. Will it be easy? No. But it's something that's very important. And that's why we have you to help because it takes a village. And that's why we love this family so much. But these promises can carry us through every tough situation in life. The Holy Spirit is our personal life coach. The Holy Spirit is our mentor, but he's so much more than that. See, after my dad died over 30 years ago, I had a big void in my life. I was starting out in ministry, still learning a lot, always learning, never arriving. But my safe place was gone. The person I talked to about my insecurities and my, my struggles was no longer here. And I began to look for other people, other men that would be that in my life. And I'm sad to say that they're hard to find. They're hard to find. It's heartbreaking because there's a lot of young men and women out there that are searching and trying to walk in wisdom and understanding, but don't know how to do it and don't know what some of you know. But the church has missed it in this spot. And I want to change that by the Spirit of the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit taught me this, that even though I was looking for that in my life, and there were men that came around and, and you know, they, you know, some invested, but that takes time, that takes commitment, that takes a duration, that takes the good, the bad, and the ugly, to say, I'm going to take you under my wing. I'm going to say the tough things to you. Because when you say the tough things, you risk the relationship. You risk, and 90% of the time, Matt Chandler says that the relationship does not go well. That someone will be offended by what you say, even if it's in love, because they're not in a place to hear it. And I want to change that. I want to be a people to be able to speak into people's life, not out of judgment, not out of I've been there and I know this, but out of love and concern because I want what's best for you. And I don't want you to do some of the dumb things I did. And if I can help you avoid some of those pitfalls, will you please listen to me? But we have a whole generation that has become silent 
because we have this generation gap, in my opinion, that's crap. Can I be blunt? We have a whole generation out there of experienced people that have a deposit of God in them, that have experienced knowledge, insight, wisdom, and we have a whole generation struggling with problems, their minds spinning, like, how do I do this? Do I have to do this alone? Can we come together? Can we be a united family in our imperfection and be strong together? That's what wisdom looks like to me. In our differences, we can find understanding. If we're willing to yield. So there might be somebody here today, I need some wisdom. I even need a mentor. And God uses people. But what I learned that in my search for a mentor, in my search for someone to take me under their wing, I found the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will teach me everything that I need to know. If I abide in Him and have a family and not let pride and arrogance and bitterness creep in there because it can come in quick. Do you understand the, the safeguard I'm trying to set up here? That we can, the Holy Spirit can teach us, but we can have this arrogant atmosphere or arrogant thing that come over you. Like, oh, the Holy Spirit taught me this. I don't need to hear anything from you. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that the Holy Spirit will apply himself to every situation we have, but we also have one another. Mentors, coaches, people that really want the best for you and aren't judging you and want to see you to come through on the other side if we can hear it in love. And if we don't say it the right way, can we have a cup of coffee over it and kind of figure it out? Isn't it worth it? to bring healing, to release healing, to make this breakthrough that I could almost taste happen if we combine and do it together. So ask him, Holy Spirit, will you fill that role as my mentor? He wants to teach you. He loves you. He doesn't want us wandering through life alone when we're searching for truth. He's not that kind of God. He's not that kind of dad. And as we go through life, if we will abide in him and listen to him, he will apply himself once again to every situation you face in the form of wisdom. As you go through life, if you abide in him and listen to him, he will apply himself to every situation we face in the form of wisdom. And all we have to do is sit back and watch him work. As I close, he will show you his will in every situation. Those important decisions you have, he's got the answer. He will show you how to behave and what you're to do in every situation. Do I talk to this person? Do I let it go? He has the answer. He will help you make the right decision. 
in every situation. You will see him work out every situation for your good and my good if we obey him and operate in his wisdom. His presence applied to our situation. Can you see that? Can you picture that? Every situation is revelation to me. Not some situations, every situation. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. The very person of wisdom. So stand with me this morning. I hope you were able to track with me on our first walk. And we're gonna finish out November with a few more walks and then we're gonna take a breather because I know how winded we can get on some walks and celebrate Christmas together and then pick up the rest of the three in the new year. I don't know what you might need wisdom in this morning, what situation you need from him to apply himself to, whether it's parenting, budgeting, relationships, work situation, legal battles, important decisions, the list goes on, you can fill in the blank. But I met with a mom this week who had something on her heart that we weren't really even, weren't there to even talk about that, but it just came out of the passion that she had. To see mentors raised up. And I challenged the first service. We had such a wonderful time in the first service where we have some seasoned um, folks of God in there. I just love that group. And I challenged them, would you be willing to be wisdom for somebody? Would you be willing to give out of your experience, out of your life, out of your insight, out of these things that we talked about, that wisdom really is if we abide in Him, if we have the Holy Spirit? And this is where we can take that generation gap and bridge it. Because we have single parents, we have broken families, we have people that have gone through loss, we have people that are hurting, we have grandparents raising kids, we have different things going on that really need some wisdom from some people that have walked this walk. Not in just these areas, but this, as we got to talk, we were just seeing this thing unravel that maybe God wants to do something within our group about mentoring families. You got so many families with special needs and I, I fall in that, my wife has a career in that. But can we come together as families and just say how it really is, what our struggles really are, and come together and see healing happening? And then maybe tap into some of you that have maybe seen this movie a few times. Like the Jones family, such wisdom with Jeff and Rainey. Remember when I first met Jeff, he was like, you gotta stop bragging that you have four kids, I have nine. Is it nine or is it more? Now he's got like 47 grandkids. But just, even when he's just talking with me, the wisdom that comes out of his mouth that he doesn't 
you know, it just flows. When you have the Spirit of God in you, you can be prophesying to somebody and, and not even knowing that you're doing that. But there's been a generation that I want to release you to speak into younger lives. The promises of God, the faithfulness of God, the freedom that you found in God, the hardships where he's brought you through. Do you hear my heart this morning? So we're just going to have a time of prayer that if you need wisdom, whatever you need to apply to your situation, will you just come up out of your seat this morning? We're just going to pray with you. Seek wisdom, get wisdom, get understanding. And there's no judging, there's no condemnation like, oh yeah, that person better go up there. They need a lot of wisdom. We all need it. We all need it. And intercede for those that are up here. So I want the Spirit of the Lord to rest upon us all. The Spirit of wisdom to be foundational in our lives. We're all in this together. We're moving forward together. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged and challenged you in your walk with God. This podcast is a resource of Zion Fellowship, a spirit-led and life-giving local church in Canandaigua, New York. If you would like to learn more about us, visit us on our website at zionfellowship.net. Blessings to you as you continue your day.